2 Kings chapter 7 tonight, beginning in verse number 1. Then Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. And we could just stop right there and preach all night on this. Just listen to the word of God. Just take him at hand. What have you said? He said, Then Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Then a lord of those whose hand the king leaned answered to the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thy eyes, but shall not eat thereof. There were four leopards, leprosy men, entering into the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we shall enter into the city, then the famine that's in the city, we shall die there. And if we say, sit here, we'll die also. Now therefore, come up and let us fall unto the host of Syrians. If they, be, if they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall die. And they rose up in the twilight of, and to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost parts of the camp, Syrians, behold, there was no man found. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of great host. But there's only four of them. Lo, the king of Israel had hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. And it was only four of them. Wherefore they arose and fled in twilight. Only four of them. <laughs> Wherefore they arose and fled in twilight and left their tents, left their horses, left their asses, even the camps as it was, and fled for their life. And when the leopards came in the uttermost parts of the camp, they went in one tent and did eating drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went in and hid it. It came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Then they said one to another, we do, not, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us now. Now let therefore come, uh, come and let us go many, that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called upon the porter of the city and told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied, and the tents were all as they were. And they called the porter, and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. They know that we are hungry, therefore are they gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord, for all that you've done. We thank you for your mercy and love. Father, we just appreciate what you've done for us today. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Here in chapter 12 is a very dark place in the, uh, Israel and Samaria. Uh, the famine has came in. They were surrounded. Uh, they were hungry. They was, uh, they, they was having a hard time. 
The Bible says, they, they, it tells us that they send out messengers, and sure enough, it was told as they, they were told by the lepers. Verse 16, it says, And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians, so the measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. I believe that we can learn some things from the lepers tonight out of the darkness. You, you say, what is that we can learn out of the darkness of the life of the lepers? When it feels like we're surrounded, feels like nothing is going our way. Let me just say this. If you're in a dark place, don't let your family suffer. Look at chapter 6 and verse 28. This is a dark place in Israel. We're talking about dark places. We're talking about a time in your life that you just cannot see the sun. Verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 28, And the king said unto her, What a lie thee? And he, she answered, The woman said unto me, Give me thy son that they may eat uh, uh, him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. This is a bad time. This is a dark time. So they boiled her son, and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give me thy son, that we may eat. And she had hid her son. You, you see what's going on here. They are camelizing their own children in a dark time in their life. Listen to me. You can get into a dark place a dark time in your life, and if you're not careful, you'll wind up, end up cannibalizing your own children with your own depression, with your own discouragement. You'll wind up cannibalizing them. I want you to remember this. When, you, you, when, when the wind in the dark place, when you wind up in that dark place, there are little ones that are watching you to see what you do. There are the little ones that still need to know that there is a God in heaven. That there's a refuge in the church. They need to know the Bible is still true. And the last thing they need to see to you just call up, whine and crying and get depressed about the dark place that you're in. Amen. They know when you're going through a dark time in your life. We all know someone that's, that's bitter. Amen. They, they pass that bitterness on to their children. And stutter growing and showing their children that their Lord is good and the Lord is God, kind to them. In spite of all that, that time and their dark time, uh, they just stand there and braid the Lord and braid the church. Uh, and then the bitterness has come down on them and now they're passing that down to their children. We see that time and time again in the church world, not sinners, but the Christians in this world. They need to know that the Lord is good and the Lord is sufficient tonight. So don't, don't let your family suffer when in dark time. Another thing I want to tell you before we get to the message is, don't forget what God has done for you. 
after he heard the story, he said in verse 31, and listen to this, get this, I love this chapter here. Then he said, God do so, and more also to me, if the head of Elijah, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. He said, you know, when time's getting bad, let's just kill the preacher. Time's not that bad today. It's not that bad. But he said, hey, it's so bad, uh, let's just kill the preacher. Now, six, in chapter 6, God calls the blindness to come over the Syrians, uh, and, they, and, and they led them right into the captive of the, uh, the king there, and, and then God let the blind, uh, blindness go apart, and, and he wanted to kill every one of them. Elijah said, Lord, open the eyes, and they were in the midst of Samaria. The king, verse 21, he's the king of Israel, said unto Elijah, when he saw them, when he looked at him, what he saw all these people, he says, my father, my father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? Now this is the same king that saw that. Now just a, one chapter later, he is wanting to kill the preacher man. It's a dark time in Israel. Dark time in Samaria. If you're not careful, you'll get into a dark time. And you'll start thinking, Lord, you have forsook me. Lord, you'd let me down. When you get in a dark place, don't forget what God has done for you in your past. God has delivered me time after time after time. God has always put foot on my table, clothes on my back, shoes on my feet, and, and put money in my pocket. God has never failed me. No matter how dark I've been through, no matter what times I've been through, God has always been there helping and delivering me out of those dark places. When I look back, I don't see how I could have made it without God directing my life. Don't forget what God has done to you in the past. See, a lot of times we forget what God has done for us. And we, don't, we don't look back. We just see what the circumstances we're in right now. God has always given us a song to sing in a dark place. We've, we've talked about that. Let me tell you this before we get started. I said I was going to try to be quick, but I didn't wear my march because I can't tell time then. Don't let your family suffer in the darkness. Don't forget what God has done for you in the darkness. And don't lose your faith in the darkness. Elijah tells him, tomorrow you're going to all get the food that you've been wanting. Uh, you're going to feed up. You're going to get fooled up. You're going to, and it's not going to cost you what you think. Uh, a shekel for two measures of barley, a shekel for, uh, for uh, the uh, flour. Then, this, these must have been Baptists. Had to be Baptists. Elijah tells them all that's going to happen, thus saith the Lord. Now remember what it said at the very beginning, thus said the Lord. God told him, tell them this is what's going to happen. But you get those naysayers in verse number 2. Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, 
make this thing heaven? What will it happen if God can make a window in heaven? We would have what we need. You don't think God cannot open up a window in heaven? He's doubting. This man did not have any faith in God. Look how bad it is. <laughs> Chapter 6. They're eating donkey heads. Read it. They're eating donkey heads. Not only that, they had a side order of dove dung. You don't think times is bad. Not, not, not only are they eating donkey heads and eating dove dung, uh, dove dung, they're eating their kids. This is a dark place they're in. Sometimes all you have in a dark place is the faith that God has given you. That measure of faith that God has given you, that's all you got in a dark place. Can I say this? Your faith might be the only thing that brings you through out of that dark place. Can I say this also? Your darkness is not bigger than God because God brought you into the darkness. See, we get to that dark place and we, we forget about God. But what did I tell you? The one constant in the dark places is God is always in the dark place with you. He's not going to leave you alone. He's not going to bring you to the dark place that, hey, I'm just going to bring you here and let you fight it on your own. No, he says, I will be with thee. The one constant in all the darkness that you go through is all you got to do is say, Lord, where are you? And he will, help. he will say, I am here with you. So don't get to these dark places. Don't get these dark places. Now let me give you the message here. Then we'll go home. Chapter 7, verse 3 and 4. And there were four lepers, men of entering the gate, and they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? Can I say this? There are three options in the dark place. There are three options in a dark place for everyone. For these, there were three options, and there's three options for you and I in a dark place. It does not change. It's always going to be the same. Verse 4, if we say we will enter into the city, then the famine in the city, and we shall die. There And if we sit here still, we die also. Now therefore come, let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If we stay, save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we're going to die anyway. We're going to die if we go back to the city. We're going to die if we're going to sit here. Hey, if they kill us, we're going to die anyway. You have three options in the darkness of life. First, uh, the first option that you have. If we say we'll enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. We shall die there. You can slide back. They said, let's go back to where we came from. Let's, let's go back to that city. We know something about what's going on back there. We have an idea what's going on back there. We can turn around and go right back to the place where we came from. And they know that if they do this, they know that if they go back to this place, they're going to die. They said, if we go back, we're going to die. 
If we know that it's going on, we know what's going on back there. There's a famine back there. They're killing each other, eating each other, donkey heads and dove dong. We're going to die back there. But let's go back anyway. Eating that kind of stuff will get you in an early grave, woman. In other words, they said there is nothing to go back to. There ain't nothing worth going back, back there. There's nothing worth it going back there. We, we can get there. There ain't nothing but death there. It's not worth going back. If they slide back, it's not like the people in the city was going, didn't have a problem with them. Remember who these people were. They were under the famine. They have a disease. They are dying. And what's the point of sliding back? Listen to me. I have watched some Christians time and time again that when they get into the dark place, instead of looking for God, instead of praying for God and reaching out to God, they slide back right to where they were to begin with. And they know back there, there is death back there. They know back there, there is disease back there. But yet they say, I know what's going on back there. I don't know what's going on right here. Well, I just think I'll get out of church. It's just too hard for me. I, I can't go to church all the time. I, I can't read my Bible all the time. And that's just that's just too hard for me. I can't I can't take that. I, I don't like being pressured and doing something. I don't want to just have to say, Lord, I need to read your word every day. I don't want that. Back there, I have no problems. But back there, you're going to die. You're going to die. Can I tell you the first time that you realize you sell out for God? I mean, listen, listen. The first time you realize that you sell out for God. Lord, come to the altars. Here it is, Lord. I've been in and out and up and down. I've been every which way I can. But Lord, I, I'm coming to the altar tonight. Uh, tonight is the night that I surrender all to you. I give all to you. You've got my heart, my soul, my body, my mind, my eyes, my hands, my feet. you got everything about me. The moment you say that, the moment you make that confession to God, you've got problems. You've got problems. You think because you come to the altars, Lord, I want to be, I want to serve you, I want to walk with you. You think because that everything's going to be a bed of roses? No, the devil's going to come after you time and time again. If you say that right here now today, by the time you get out the door, the devil will be on your back. In a church, some of y'all probably brought the devil in the church with you anyway. Amen. I'm just saying. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you what God said. Amen. We've, I've seen it time and time and time again. They just want to go back. They just want to go back. I enjoy coming to church because I enjoy worshiping with people. I, I enjoy the Holy Ghost moving. 
If you really want to see the Holy Ghost move, you come over here Friday at 11 o'clock. It moves. We get excited over here. We get caught up. I'm waiting to get caught out. But I, I love being around where the Holy Ghost can move in our lives and say, just makes everything good. You may be in a dark place. You may be standing in a dark place. I don't know about you, but you may be in one tonight. I know I've been there. Being in a dark place, but it does not stop you from worshiping God, serving God, looking up to God, giving God the praise. Because when you start doing that, the Holy Ghost moves in and the devil's got to go. Mm, my goodness. We give in too quick. And can I say this? And I'm not blaming you. I don't blame you. I blame the one that's standing in the pulpit. What? The preacher? Oh, Lord, I can give you a bunch of names. You go listen to them preach and you feel real good about all the stuff you've been doing. I mean, you can walk around with beer in your hand in the church. They don't care. Something's wrong with the preachers that not preach the word of God. That's our problem. That's why it's so easy to go back. And we got a lot of Christians going back. There, there are those that think going back. These guys didn't go back. They, they knew they couldn't feel comfortable back there because they were lepers. They, they had a disease. They couldn't socialize with anybody. They couldn't talk with anybody. Couldn't go to temple. Leviticus tells all the days we're in the plague shall be, him shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone. Mark this. Without the camp. Mark that. Without the clank. Clank. Uh, Camp. You know why they're going back to the city? Going back was not an option for them. If they walked in, everybody would have known who they were. They said, You don't belong here no more. <laughs> you, you know why Christians that go back feel real uncomfortable? They don't feel good about themselves anymore. The reason why Christians that go back, they go back to where they used to hang out at the bar. And they'll look at them. You don't belong here. You're one of those guys. You don't shouldn't be doing here. They feel uncomfortable. And then the Holy Spirit starts telling them, hey, you don't belong here. And they have that war inside of them. They have to deal with them, have to deal with the Holy Ghost, and they have to come back and do it with us. Going back was not an option for them. Going back was not an option. Hebrews 13, 11. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burnt without the camp. Without the camp again. Wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffer without the gate. Let us therefore there unto him without the camp bearing his reproach. For here we have a continuing city, but we seek one to come. I'm not going back, but I'm looking for another city. 
You can't go back to this world. You're not a part of this world anymore. The Lord has called you out. He, he's put a different stamp on you. God has pulled you out of this world. You can't go back because of you're uncomfortable to you. Get in those bars and dim lit bars and claddy dressed people with that beer in your hand. You be in the corner trying to hide your face from everybody inside there. You can't go back. You can't go back. Option number one is you cannot slide back. Option number two, verse seven. If we say we enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, if we just stay right here, we will die. Don't do anything. Just get comfortable where you at. It may take longer to die where you at than going backwards. But you're still going to die. I want you to understand something. Churches die when they sit still. Christians die when they sit still. You won't let anything sit long enough. I don't care what it is. You don't do any tending to it or whatsoever. It shall die. Some people just sit still because... That's the way it has been all the time. That's the way we've always been like that right here. We just don't do nothing. The church is going to die. Jesus told the church of Laodicea, hey, you were rich and good, increased in goods and money and all that stuff, but hey, you were neither hot nor cold. You're, you're, you're just sitting still. You're not moving. You become lukewarm. You're lukewarm now. Someone says, if you're going through hell, keep going. Don't stop. If you're in a dark place, <laughs> don't stop, just keep going. There's a light at the end. Keep moving. I don't want to walk backwards on my God. I don't want my walk to become stagnated with God. I don't want our church to become stagnant. I, I want to be constantly moving. Always moving in the glory of God. That, that's what happens in our lives when the Holy Ghost gets on you and starts moving on you. You can't sit still. Amen. That's why I pray every time I come in here Sunday morning. Oh, God, let the Holy Ghost come down on somebody. Let it be somebody that hadn't jumped up. Let it be somebody that hadn't stood up. It's just, oh, Lord, just get down inside their soul, and they got to get up. They can't stand still. They just jump up. They get excited, and everybody look around and say, what's wrong? Oh, the Holy Ghost got on him. And if the Holy Ghost got on him, it just might rub off on you sometimes. Amen. I think because we're Baptists, we scared of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I do, I do. I think we are scared of the Holy Ghost. 
Well, you know, you ain't supposed to act like that. You're a Baptist. I don't act like this. God acts like this. He told me how to act. Amen. I don't want to go backwards. And I definitely just don't want to sit still. I don't know about you. I don't want to do that. So if that's option number two, option number one is just go back. Option number two is just to stay where you're at. I wonder what option number three would be. That's what they said. If we say we'll enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. We shall die there. They knew they was going to die if they went back. And if we sit here, we die also. They, that, that's not option. They were going to die and they knew they were going to die. But they said there's a third option. Now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us, we're alive. But if they kill us, we shall die. We shall die. At least we're going to do something. We're going to move forward. Now, let me say this. Let me, let me get you on, my, on this. This option is the option of rim of faith. It, it is, I don't know what God might do. But I believe that God can do something. I, I, I'm in the dark. I'm, I'm going to apply some faith. Step forward and keep going. I'm going to move forward to the Lord and see what God got in store up ahead. What did God do when the lepers stepped forward? Look what happens. The whole Syrian camp was men everywhere. And then they say, well, you know, I can't go back. We're going to die. I can't sit here. We're going to die. So let's just go forward. You know, they're either going to kill us or they're going to let us live. So in faith, they stepped out. Started towards that. And look what God does for them. And they rose up in the twilight and go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they came into the uttermost part of the camp of Syrians, behold, there was nobody there. <laughs> I imagine they kind of were a little easing into the camp. Especially when they got to that first camp. I imagine they, they were probably afraid. We're afraid in the dark. They were, they were afraid. Verse 6. For the Lord before they even got there, God had already started moving. When they took the leap of faith, when they took that step of faith, God recognized the step of faith and God says, I will go ahead of you. You took the step, I'll make a way for you. Man, that just, that's, that's good there. If we just take a step, God says, I'll make a way. You say, what in the world's that got to do with me? That was the leopards. Well, don't go backwards. Don't sit still. Just keep heading toward the Lord. Keep walking with God. Keep serving the Lord. I promise you, if you do that, you keep moving forward to the God, you'll find God out there doing something already for you. You'll find the Lord up ahead.
making a way for you. Some of us just a few years ago would never dream that God has done what he's done in your family and in your children. But when you made that radical step to start serving God, it was scary. I know it was scary. You left the world that you knew. You knew everything about there. But with each step forward, walking with God by faith, and what you found that up yonder ahead, God was making a way for you and your family. He brought you to a place that you needed to be. He cleared a path for you. It might have looked dark when you before you got there. You might have been struggling before you got there. But God made a way. You couldn't see it up ahead. But God says, just keep coming. Just keep coming. And you kept barreling through. You kept walking through. And sooner or later, you bust out. And it was all gone. Because God had made a way for you. Mm. Mm. God has been good. He went before you and done the impossible that you never thought could be done. Look what the, look what the Lord did. The Syrians heard a noise, the chariots of hosts. Four, I told you, went before men. It was just, just the four. They arose and left everything in place. didn't take nothing. Four men. Four men by faith taking a step forward and got rid of them. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward unto those things which are before me. I press towards the mark of the high price of the calling of the God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I'm not looking back anymore. I'm not going to slide back. I'm not standing still, but I'm pressing forward on and on and I'm pressing forward. And you know what the prize he was pressing forward to is Jesus Christ. It was Jesus Christ. Every time God's people takes a step, they found that God was up ahead of them. You read in the Bible, every time they stepped out, God was ahead of them. And if God said, I'll do for them what I'll do for you, that means if you take a step out, God's going to be ahead of you. He's making a way for them. He's making a way for you. Look at it. Abraham, he made a way for Abraham. He say, hey, here's your son. This is son. And they made a mistake on that, but God still gave him the true son. He was making his way up the mountain to, egg, uh, 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 to a sacrifice, but God made a way for him. Yes. Jacob, uh, he, he was a supplanter. He was a deceiver, but God made a way for him. God was, had him moving forward. Yes. Moses, out on the backside of the desert, God made a way for him. The wall of Jericho, they looked at this wall and said, we can't do it. God made a way for them. They kept moving forward to God. Just step out forward for God and he will be there. Now let me ask you this. When was the last time you stepped out forward in your growth, your godliness, 
in your giving? When's the last time that you took a step forward? The only thing that that was going on that you see support was going to have to be from God. I'm doing this on faith. Nobody support me, but God said do it. I'm going to believe and trust what God said. I'm going to step out. Christians are living in the comfortability today. The only time they want to step, <laughs> the only time a Christian wants to step out is they look over and say, well, everything looks like it's going to be all right. Everything's in place where it should be, so I'll step. That ain't how God works. God don't work that way. God says, you know what? When you can't see, you don't know what's there. It's dark. You can't figure it out. But I'm telling you to step out in faith and you got to say, Lord, it's either I step out in faith or I go back or just stand still. So I'm thinking I'm just going to step out in faith. And you'll find God every time. You'll find him every time. Amen. 